Hopefully that wasn't that's a that's a ooh, that was nice. I almost yanked the mixer right off the uh, off the shelf there. That's good. Uh, hopefully that wasn't too ham-fisted. This is a special edition of uh, Chimp Casting. Hopefully everybody can hear us. Um, we are going to try and, and bear in mind this is not tested yet. We are going to try and call Eddie and Alice in Cairo in a second. Anything? It's it's dialing. This is good. That's a good start. Yeah. Is it ringing, though, is the question. It does not appear to be. There we go. Ooh, Ooh. there we go. This might actually work. Hello? Hello? Hey! <laughs> I can't believe it actually works. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jim. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. More to the point, how are you? Uh, we're doing all right. Um, really rather... Um, feeling rather sick in the stomach, actually, seeing the developments. Of, of today that people might have seen um, taking place in downtown Cairo. Um, we're safe where, where we are um, in our suburb of Mardi in Cairo. But, um, yeah, really quite um, quite appalled by, by what's going on downtown. Do you want to you elaborate a little bit for anybody that hasn't been watching the news or reading the internets? What? You mean some people aren't watching 24-hour news? Which <laughs> it's always on here, and it's just... And it's just... Um, well, what, what we've seen in the last... What we've seen in the last couple of hours uh, on, the, on the news is that the... And there's a promo-back march take, that took place. Yesterday, we knew that there was some promo-back stuff going on, um, um, but it was very small, and today it seems to have taken place, but got larger, and got down to uh, Tahir Square, and the protesters are actually clashing, and um, lots and lots of violence, and it's just, um, it's just crazy, there's violence, and it's right close to um, all the buildings. I mean, the, the, the key thing is, what we're seeing today is absolutely not what any of the past week has been about. Um, I think that what people have been witnessing for the past week are uh, peaceful protesters protesting for freedoms, for um, an end to dictatorship, um, for basically for some some general civil rights. Um, and uh, you know, despite the fact that there there was the march of the millions yesterday, um, all commentators have been describing it as uh, peaceful and almost like a festival um, today. Uh, within an hour of the internet being restored to uh, to Egypt and the um, and the, the curfew being extended from 3 p.m. until 5 p.m. local time, um, we suddenly see huge masses of people alleged to be um, pro Mubarak supporters moving onto the street, descending on Tahrir Square, um, just. And, and now it's it's absolute carnage down there. Um, it, it, it's it's really quite quite terrifying what's happening um, to to basically a, a bunch of protesters who were initially there uh, peacefully carrying out their their protest against the government for an entire week until this new opposition arrived and just caused absolute havoc. Now, where, are, in fact, are these people coming from? Because, I mean, it seems rather remarkable that there's any sort of uh, non-institutionalized support for the regime. Uh, how many, how many, you know, supporters actually are there? Does it does it seem like? Well, th that's a good question. Um, I mean, obviously, we're we're not down there, so so we Thankfully. can't really see or say um, what we understand from the various news channels that we're watching is that um, there are a, a few thousand 
who have made their way down. Um, there have been very clear images, particularly on Al Jazeera um, news channel, showing uh, basically secret police identification cards to the cameras, uh, saying that, that they are basically amongst the uh, the, the, the new uh, apparently pro-Mubarak group who've gone down there to attack. So it would appear that um, that you know there, there is a certain element of institutionalised support for the regime, although some of that may come actually from within the security force itself. Now they, they it is something that it's a it's a common response by the government here to use such tactics against the people and ultimately everything that the protesters have been doing for the past week is to get rid of exactly this type of action right. um and and it's really quite saddening to see that that, that doesn't appear to be happening and what, and what role are the army playing? I, I mean, I know that the army has some sort of uh, level of respect, even though it has been a sort of staunch uh, Mubarak supporter over the uh, the length of the regime. But the the people seem to be rather fond, if that's the word, of the army. Are they yeah, are they everyone, actually taking um, part in the thing or not? Well, no, they've been very passive since they since the army army appeared. I think it was um, Friday um, when tanks were first seen. Maybe Saturday, my days running. But um, when they when they first arrived, the people, everyone on the streets, were really so pleased. The army was there. It was amazing seeing the difference in response um, of people, um, the, the demonstrators, the protesters, whatever you want to call them, their response to the police and their response to the army and people going up, you know. Um, climbing on the tanks, wanting to hug and kiss the soldiers, giving them flowers. Um, so it's a really positive response from the from the people. But the army has played a very passive role, just kind of being there as a presence, and literally their presence um, around most of the places where we've seen them, the presence has been enough um, to calm a lot of people. And um, so on the, on the ring roads, there's that big um, roadblocks and things, but just, you know, it's just calming people, reassuring. And it seems to have been the same in Tahir Square, that it's just presence is making sure that everything's okay, protecting the people, but they've been, um, um, but they've been very passive there. But then now the, the issue is, from what we can see on the TV, now that these pro-Mubarak protesters have come down, the army has maintained this passive presence there and didn't do anything um, when um, the pro-Mubarak protesters came down and violence erupted. I mean, it's, it's quite astounding to, to see pictures of um, Molotov cocktails being hurled from the top of buildings, satellite dishes being ripped uh, from 12 stories up and then hurled down onto a crowd, and, and the army continuing to stand down, um, taking no action. Um, you know, they, they had always said that they would not fire on protesters right. as long as they were peaceful. This is not peaceful. Um, and, and as yeah. they can see that that, that you know there is uh, one faction causing this, basically, shouldn't they? Or I mean, is it likely that they'll intervene in this? I mean, it, otherwise, what's the point in them being uh, there? Well, quite. Um, and I think this is the thing that's that's a little unclear. Um, you know, but my. <laughs> with my, my kind of history hat on, I start wondering, you know, based on, on, you know, previous regimes and things, has a deal been done between, uh, between the government and the army to, to achieve uh, the army standing down um, and to ensure that, that they, they remain, in effect, loyal to the regime, and the regime is simply saying, you have no orders, therefore don't do anything. Right. Um, there is the very, the very strong possibility that um, what we're seeing today is the opportunity for the for the regime to basically say, "Look at the anarchy. You need us in order to stop this." Although right. what's quite interesting is is that uh, on on national television, as opposed to to the international satellite news channels. The image uh, of what is going on is very, very different. Um, what, what we're really seeing on, on, the, on the national TV are, are basically groups of marches singing national songs um, in support of the government and, and waving lots of uh, placards of the president. 
Right. That's really the extent of what the national TV have been showing. They have not been showing the level of violence. And so the, the issue here is that the government has maintained incredibly close control over the media. Um, you know, this is the reason that they shut down Twitter initially, then they took down Facebook, then they just thought, screw it, we're going to take down the entire internet um, to try to limit communications and to try to control it. Um, and so if you think about the vast majority of Egyptian people who, who do not have access to such international news, um, the only information that they're receiving is, is what's coming through through, the, through the, the official channels, and it is clearly not representative of the events taking place, which is why I, I think it's absolutely vital that you know, people out there in the wider world watch this, see this, talk to their media, communicate with the media, uh, communicate with their governments. Um, it's quite clear that uh, President Obama is, is quite a, a key player in events that are unfolding. Um, right. He's come out condemning what the, the particularly the, the acts of violence committed today. And, you know, as, as we're all aware, he, Egypt is a very strong American ally. Indeed. But um, increasingly it would appear that the American government is, is losing patience with what is happening here. There was the comment that uh, earlier that, that the um, the American foreign spokesperson said that uh, you know we support basically what Mubarak said in his speech last night that he would step down in September but the transition should be sped up effectively saying you need to leave sooner than that um, the, those governments will only maintain that pressure on him for as long as, as the people maintain that pressure on right. them um, because if it all stops, really then <laughs> everything, all the pressure goes away, basically, at that point. Don't you, do you exactly. think? Exactly, and I think that that, that is, is, is effectively what the, what the, what the government here is, is trying to achieve by this, um, just, I'm going to use the word that I tried not to, this just unprecedented crackdown that is taking place today. Um, it is a way to silence the protesters. It is a way to say, no, you know, you've, you've had your say. We are the regime. This is what we say. We've given you a compromise. Deal with it. Um, and, and, and the way that the government is dealing with it is in the most brutal fashion. Right. I'm, I'm kind of curious, uh, and, uh, you know, you were talking about the um, sort of crackdown on communications. You did, in fact, get the Internet back yesterday at some point, I think. What do you think is the motivation yeah, behind that? Yeah, it was it was today actually that we got the internet back um, at about what was it uh, one o'clock just before one o'clock we realised okay. the internet was back. There was this little rumour going round, and so we tried, and the internet came back at one o'clock. Um, we've got a um, a hardwire connection at home, and we were on that, and it was first of all we were surprised it was back, and then the fact that I could check um, Facebook, and second on my list was UK Nova, and then Naturally. and then. Um, Guardian and uh, the Guardian and the BBC websites, you know, so the news websites were up, and I don't use Twitter, so I haven't checked that, but I saw a surprise these sites were up, um, and also the speed. So we still had a good speed. People who are on um, the dongles, USB dongles, are having a slower speed. We don't know if that's if that's what, whatever's going on on there, but um, the internet has come back up, and everyone's really pleased about that. But we we don't know if there's some kind of connection with internet being back up. Oh look, we're sorting things out. And um, and then there's suddenly been this violence and saying so I, I don't think that it's a coincidence yeah. that basically within uh, within an hour of the internet coming up and there, there was a, there was a, you know enormous relief and excitement particularly among the expat community out here that 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 our contact route had been restored um, albeit sporadically um, and then within an hour of it coming back suddenly news began to seep through of quite the scale of the action that was taking place against the protesters uh, in Tahrir Square. Um, the, the reason I'm, I'm convinced that the internet was taken down initially was in order to limit communications right. between protesters. There is now um, a protest on the other side and by pure coincidence all communications are now restored. Um, 
it, it seems a little bit more than coincidence that that those two things coincide. In addition to which, the extension of the of, of, of out of curfew hours today, we had an extra two hours um, of, of free time before the curfew hit today. Um, 3 p.m. would have would effectively have been too early um, for any of the, the the marches to make it down to Tahrir Square. Right. Whereas significant number to get down there and um, and, and and cause trouble. That's that's purely my personal interpretation of it. It might also, I suppose, be some kind of sup to the international community to say, "Look, yes, we're we're actually we're, we're making concessions. We are uh, we, we are aware that uh, there's a level of dissatisfaction, and we are doing this um, in order to sort of I, I don't know normalize things. I don't know. I guess. Yeah, there, there, there has been um, certainly it's it's felt like over the past the past twenty four hours really. Um, that the, the, the government was trying to show that it was restoring things to normal. Um, banks, for example, are starting to get money back into their ATMs. It's still difficult to get hold of it, but 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 things like that are moving along. The communications have been returned. It, it could well be that you know the government is is trying to get things moving. But with my um, with my conspiracy theory hat on, um, it. it Seemed a little bit too much of a coincidence that right. all of this happened at the same time. But having said that, there is now um, there, there is now also the way for the pro for the anti-government protesters mm -hmm. in Tahrir Square to get their news back out again. Indeed, um, you know, it, 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 effectively, if, if people had been following on on the Tuesday, Tuesday the twenty fifth, which was the first large march. Um, that took place. Um, basically, Twitter and Facebook lit up like a Christmas tree um, with news coming in from protesters taking part in the protest, and they were shut down. Um, that's now back again, and so they do have that way to get their news out from effectively from the front line. The question is, with the level of violence that those people are are facing do they actually have time to to report on social media as to what's happening right. um you know that's that's something that's that's unclear really it would be remiss of me uh, just to sort of uh, jump out of this for a second if i didn't say that in the irc there are uh, several of your um family members there including fabia and uh, mummy p daddy p and uh, mummy b i think also so uh, i'm sure they're they're waving to you mentally <laughs> Woot and waving to the bees, the peas, and everyone who came over. And, um, and thank you, Chimp, for um, for um, being the technical mind behind working out and work for us. Um, yeah, we've since um, we've been able to get um, this alternative SIM card. Um, it's been great to be able to be in touch with people, and we just um, it's great. It's great to use um, UK Nova as well to keep in touch with people. That was just a really disconcerting and really worrying thing um, when it all started really on the Friday was this mobile blackout and you couldn't get in touch with anyone all we could do was watch the TV and um, and at that point we weren't actually in Luxor so we couldn't see anyone um, or um, contact anyone in Cairo or speak to anyone in Cairo where we live and um, yeah, that was, and everyone who was back here said that that was actually really um, the really sort of the horrible side of it at first, just not being able to speak to anyone to know what was happening with anyone else. Um, right, being entirely isolated, probably not just from uh, from your families, but I mean also from your friends mm. within the within the country too. Um, I have a question from the Absolutely. IRC. Uh, Maz wants to know, um, earlier on the news, the Army started to fire the guns for warning shots. She says, has there been any more shots fired, and could you hear them? And if so, what were you thinking at the time? Um, we, we Basically, we know as much as people watching the international news out there know. Um, the area that we are in is um, is quite a long, a, a, a long way from from de the downtown Tahrir Square area where where the, the, the main action is taking place. Um, 
there, there was a, it was a few days ago there was a significant shift in the government's approach when they started to bring out F-16 fighter jets and were flying them very, very, very low over the protesters in the square. And, um, and we really thought that we might be able to hit those, but, but, but we couldn't. We're, we're a very, very long way away, at least, I'd, I'd say at least 10 miles away from, yeah. from what's happening. It's a 20-minute um, drive straight up the Corniche, so, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a real distance away. Um, and it's also, you know, we're a different kind of area here as well. It's um, mainly expat, middle-class Egyptian suburb, effectively. Right. There, there have been gunshots in our area. Yes. Um, there, there, there's been some movement of, of the army around here basically to try and secure the streets. People might have seen that uh, the, the, the police basically left the, their posts eight days ago, which created an enormous tension and an enormous fear um, with everyone against the, the, the threat of looters. This coincided with a number of prison guards leaving their posts as well. And in the area that we live in, um, there is a, a, a prison housing 600 inmates and uh, the, the news was that they had managed to escape. Um, and so there was an enormous fear around the area of, of what could happen, particularly regarding the news of the looting that people will have heard. Um, very, very quickly, what the news is referred to as vigilante groups was set up. Um, They've got sticks, they've got knives, and there are these groups going around, whereas in fact what it is, um, these vigilante groups, yes, they have sticks, they have knives. These are the local people who live in the area who are basically becoming a neighbourhood watch. And it's actually really reassuring having these people around who are at the top of every road, every sort of 100 metres down the road, keeping an eye, protecting people and property. There's... Um there's, there's a point in, I've, I've uploaded a sitting duck, uh, very badly edited and badly shot video of, of kind of things that we've witnessed from the apartment that we're staying in. That's and the one on Facebook this morning? A, sorry? That was the one on Facebook this morning? That's, it's on Facebook and yeah, it's also okay. available to download from sitting ducks on UK Nova as well. Right. Um, and there, there's, a, there's a point within that where... Um, where basically the, the local kind of community watch identify some looters trying to make their way into the area and you, you see basically their rapid response um, returning to the roadblocks, alerting people. Within five minutes, uh, there was a tank rolling down the bottom of the road um, after them. And at mm -hmm. that point, uh, we thought it was very good idea to get well inside because there right. was some very heavy machine gun fire. Um, that went on for a good half hour. Every so often we hear the, we hear the odd rifle shot. Yeah, and a couple of cracks here and there, you know, a bit of fire. But, um, yeah, it, it sort of, it's going to be the, the army, I think, firing warning shots or, you know, a couple of these, these you know, the local neighbourhood watch, Boab Army around here. People do appear to have guns. And so, you know, it's a couple of those being fired into the air. So, yeah, we have heard... Um, gunshot from within our area, and we do have um, tanks and army around in our, in the area that we live in. But, but it's, it's certain, very different from what you see downtown. And what other things? Go ahead. Really I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say that, that you know Cairo is, is an enormous city, um, and so it's it, to to get an idea of the scale of of the city and of uh, the, the the kind of the flashpoint areas. Is, is very difficult for us, and we've lived here for two and a half years, let alone, I'd imagine, for, for kind of out, outside observers to really get an idea of what's going on um, and, and the areas in which it's taking place. There is no doubt that everything that is being reported is happening, but it, it's not taking place everywhere. I would just encourage people to keep watching what is happening in Tahrir Square, remember it, to talk about it, to raise awareness of this fight that is taking place to try and drag this country um, towards a, a, a freer government. Now, one of the things I, I was kind of curious about, and this is rather a sort of spurious concern, um, I, I just wondered, how are you getting food and the like? I mean, are that, some that, businesses Yeah, that's still what I was wondering. How are you getting your basic daily supplies and, and how, you know, how is that going for you? 
Um, well, we, um, you know, we've got sort of basic foods that, that we, we, we've got already, but there are um, a few of the smaller um, supermarket or fruit and bread shops are open in our area. Um, we, we mainly do our shopping in these small fruit and veg, almost kind of like corner shops, um, but they right. tend to have a, you know, fresh fruit and veg section. Uh, I can't say the word. You know what I'm saying? Fresh fruit yes. and veg section. <laughs> and um, most of these are open you know, for a few hours. I mean, the, the closest one to us is a place um, called Safeway, and I, I shopped there. We've spoken about it before. I went in there the other day. They only had um, the large 18-litre things of water left. Um, none of their boxes of water were left. Most of their pasta and rice um, had gone. Um, but they, you know, they had other bits of, you know, there were other foods there, you know, they were, they, and they'd had fresh delivery of eggs that day. So I bought a dozen eggs you know, that had been delivered that morning, and they had, um, you know, fresh um, veg that had been delivered that day. So some of these things are still coming in, and there are these, you know, these smaller shops are open, and it seems, you know, just the farmers, the fellaheen, they've still got this produce, and, you know, out of curfew hours, they're still bringing it in, and, and people right. are, you know, very much buying it. Um, my neighbour upstairs, um, who we bumped into, an Egyptian lady, she, um, uh, her concern, she hadn't been able to buy bread for two days. Um, but, you know, she hadn't been able to find anywhere with bread or with enough bread. You know, it had run out by the time it had got there. Um, and so, you know, there was... The quality has, has been increasing over mm. the past couple of days. I'd say that, yeah. to, ironically, today in the morning probably felt the most normal that it has done mm -hmm. for, for a while um, until just the, the horrific stuff. That, that started at about one o'clock this afternoon downtown mm -hmm. with the clashing of the protesters. Um, and so it's it's uncertain the direction that this is going to to go in now. I think that we'll, we'll, we'll effectively be back almost to square one again, but there is definitely going to be a fear of rival factions kind of developing. Mm -hmm. um, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if the shots start um, you know, closing down again out, mm -hmm. out of their own security or fears for their own yeah. security. One thing is, you know, a fair number of our friends and colleagues here have left, um, have decided um, for various reasons to leave, and actually um, they have been giving each other or giving us or the people who are staying their keys or bringing round any fresh food that they've got right. for other people to use. So, you know, so... Um, a friend down the road, he brought his um, vegetables down and then he left his key and said, you know, I've got water and, you know, rice and pasta and mixers at my apartment. So, and he's also said if anyone else wants to come and live closer to other people, they can come and stay in my apartment because it's the building away from where we are. Um, so the people who are, who are staying for the time being, everyone is really helping each other out like that. Now, you, you made the decision to stay. Uh, what was behind that? And do you think you're going to, I mean, obviously you can't say how things are going to pan out, but do you think there will come a point that you would want to get out or are, are you there for the duration one way or the other? Um, the, the initial, to, to give you a bit of a background, we, we actually weren't in Cairo when the, the when the largest protest took place on on the Friday the 28th, we were we were in uh, the city of Luxor, um, a, about 500 miles away, um, taking part in a in a charity run on on Alice's birthday. <laughs> well done on that, by the way. I see that went relatively <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. So so we were actually down there. Uh, got back from the run, um, and and events began to unfold during the day. We we started to get very panicked we were unable to get in touch with anyone in cairo and it then emerged that, that the mobile phone networks had been taken down um the next day we did have some contacts with our workplace and uh they basically said you know we're close for the foreseeable future um it's we're, we're setting up uh up the the, the site uh, with kind of mattresses and and, and things if if people don't feel safe in their area, they're welcome to come and stay. And then as the time went on, you know, the, the different people were talking about leaving the country and things like that. Um, our first concern was actually to, to fly back to Cairo. Uh, we, were, we were starting to hear um, news about the, the, the police being off the street, about looters, 
Uh, we lived very close to a, a, a mall, a shopping mall, and there, there were stories of, of, of people looting the mall. The fact that we are in the building pretty much next door to it and that we were hearing reports of fires around there got us very, very worried mm-hmm. about, about our place. Um, and so we wanted to come back to Cairo for a couple of reasons, to check on our place and also because it's, it's our home. These are our people. You know, these are our friends. And it felt right to be back with them rather than kind of in just just staying out of it in a hotel. Right. As it turns out, we got out of Luxor about 10 minutes time before um, the building there started being set on fire. So initially we came back in order to, to check on the situation and, and, and to be close to our, our friends and, and support network. The decision to stay has, has come about mainly because of the, the British Embassy's advice. They have advised people that if you can take, if you have the means to take a commercial flight out of the country and it's safe to do so, then you could. Um, but they are not advising anyone to leave Cairo, Alexandria, or Suez, or Luxor. They're simply saying if you can get out, uh, then you, then then you're very welcome to. They've put on a few extra flights. Um, yesterday there was uh, a, a British Airways flight that they that they added in with a, a hundred spare seats, and that some seats were empty. Uh, right. It would appear from what we understand from the British Embassy that most Brits at the moment are staying put. We understand that um, the, the, the situation with the American Embassy is, is a bit different. America has a, has a different relationship with Egypt, both diplomatically and, and its relationship with, uh, with, with obvious funding as well. Um, and you, you may have seen you know, some of, the, some of the, the people on the street holding up tear gas canisters fired at protesters that say made in the USA on the side of them. Right. I can absolutely understand why the American embassy would be a little more concerned about its citizens mm-hmm. and getting them out. But having said that, there is still a large number staying. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, the, the British embassy had said yesterday that, um, you know, we... the, the, the the, the, the primary um, advice is, is going out to tourists who don't have a permanent place to stay, who hold up in hotels, many of which are in the downtown area, in, in, in the thick of, of where most of the events are going on. But the people who live here, you know, they know the area, they know the people, they're best to judge whether they're safe or not. And to be honest, we feel very safe. It's a, it is a bit disconcerting when a tank rolls past the bottom of your road. And oh, yeah, by all means, but, yeah. But, you know, kind of having the people out on the street, they're, they're a hell of a lot more vigilant than the police ever were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, they jump at the first sign of trouble, whereas the police would usually fall asleep on their guns. <laughs> and what, what actual use are the police there? They seem to be completely without any purpose. I mean, they've done nothing. They, they're they conspicuous by their absence now, obviously. Yeah. I mean, they um, the police normally, they're, they're here, and anyone you know, you know, maybe we've spoken about it before, who's visited Cary, there's police on every street corner, um, a lot of tourist police around for us, you know, the police at the top of our road, and, you know, all everywhere. Um, and they have these guns, and we've always suspected that the guns don't have bullets. Um, but anyway, and and then you know, ever since um, the real clashes with the riot police, you know, they were just taken off the streets because they it was actually their response to the peaceful protests that then created the problems. And then there was this lot of antagonism against the police because they had, you know, started with all this tear gas with rubber bullets. You know, we've seen images, maybe you've seen images of um, there was a water cannon being fired during prayer. There were people right. praying, you know, the whole bridge of people praying and a water cannon over them. You know, there's no excuse for that. Um, but the police now have, so there was about uh, four days, I think, um, well, I don't know, there's days, numbers, but of now of no police on the street or anywhere. Now they're starting to come back. Some traffic police um, around the mall where we live. I've seen a couple of kind of normal police. Um, I have to have. I haven't seen their guns. I haven't seen the guns with the normal police no. yet. And the, the numbers um, aren't, are much. Oh, much, only, much a few, only a few. police. Um, no. So you know, the, the the question is, you know, well, well, where are they? What are they doing? Are they now playing clothes, mm-hmm. or 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 are they just you know staying away? Mm-hmm. Um, that. That I think 
you know, I've got my own theories on that. Um, <laughs> you know, you don't suddenly get a mob descending on Tahrir Square or suddenly deciding that they're pro-Mubarak, whereas they stayed quiet for the past week. Right, um, yeah. I do think that there is some inside force going on there. I, I note the, the sort of uh, prominence in some of this uh, anti-government demonstration of the, is it the Islamic Brotherhood or the Muslim Brotherhood? Um, their mm-hmm. st- stated aim apparently is the establishment of uh, an Islamic theocracy in uh, Egypt. And I, th- I had read worldwide, which is obviously, you know, you know we're talking about the here and now right now. Is that a, a likely outcome? I mean, of course, th- there are two predominant religions in in Egypt. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. Islam being the the uh, the more predominant. But I mean, do you think that the the once the current regime is replaced, which it must eventually be? I mean, he's already said he's not going to run. Uh, even if he steps down in September, something happens after that. Is, is do you trend towards a, an Islamic uh, government or just free democratic? Uh, one. I think that, that one of the, the the key things to bear in mind is that, that there is another significant key player in the opposition movement of, of right. Mohammed al-Baradai um, and, and he is a secular leader. What's very interesting about the, 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 the relationship within the opposition is that the Muslim Brotherhood have lent their support to Baradai. Yeah. Um, the Muslim Brotherhood is an illegal organization here. It's completely outlawed. Um, the only way that, that uh, Muslim Brotherhood um, parliamentary representatives have been elected is, is as independents, although it's, it's widely known that they are members of the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, really, my view of it, knowing the history of the Muslim Brotherhood from, from way back in the 1920s and, and their rise, is that they, yes, they do have a stated aim, but they are also actually very pro-democracy. They are pushing for open, free, and fair elections. Um, They have been an opposition force ever since their creation. Um, They do have a certain amount of support here, Mm -hmm. but they don't have all the support, not by a long way. You know, there is a significant... Uh, Christian minority that lives here that clearly would never vote for such uh, a, a group. Right. Mohammed al Baradai has has got um, and a large a large amount of support as well. I don't see how it would be possible for it to to turn into you know an, an, an Iran type state where where a popular revolution gets taken over. Um, by, by a religious party. I think that it, I, I personally think that it would be right for all political parties to have that free and fair and open access to government. Sure. Because if the people want it, the people should be able to get it. That's what democracy is all about. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, but, but fundamentally, I think that it will, it will come out as, um, as a broad-based uh, coalition government with representatives from from everywhere, the opposition movement so far has has been pushing for that. You know, they have, and it, it, it's so warming to see that you know people are saying, "My religion doesn't matter. My political view doesn't mm-hmm, matter. Mm-hmm. I am Egyptian." Yeah, and that is, I think, the, the the most powerful message that any of them can send. They are simply united in trying to make Egypt a better country, no matter what that goes. Which way that goes, and obviously, you know, the, the foreign countries are are concerned about the possibility of, of a fundamentalist regime coming through. But that is not really what the what the Muslim Brotherhood is, nor indeed intends to bring about, because it intends to bring anything about through purely democratic means. Yes, I think the fascinating thing with all this is that. When it started on the 25th of January, um, with this, this movement calling for a day of action on the 25th of Jan, um, it had nothing to do with uh, religion or a particular political party. It was literally just people saying, we've had enough of what's gone on for the last 30 years. And it was only, I think it was even after Friday when the political parties made a statement up until the, for the whole of the Friday um, day of action. Um, it was still people just saying we're united in the fact that 
we don't want what what's happened for the last thirty years. We want change. Um, and so it hasn't. It hasn't. The demonstrations haven't come from a political party. They've come from people just wanting to change. And the Muslim Brothers, they made a good, made a really good statement. Probably one of the best statements of the opposition, where they said, um, "We do not choose to lead this movement. Um, we simply want to be part of it." Right. And I think that that's a really powerful message that there is an opposition that is saying, you know, we just know what we know what needs to change, and we will work together to change it. Um, we we're want not trying to hijack and pretend and try and lead it and and say it's our movement of change to be part of it. Exactly. So where, I mean, of, of course it, it would be just speculation, and you've already said, you know, you, nobody really knows where this is going, but, but I mean, if you, had, to, if you uh, had some smart money, what do you think is the likely outcome of this? I, I mean, it doesn't seem to me that, that the people are going to be satisfied with a, a uh, sort of a, 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 an easy transition out for Mubarak in September. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the... the um, anywhere near what people actually want and of course you know any uh, successive government might have the taint of of him uh, pulling some strings in it or being part of the appointment of the government etc etc where do you think it's going to go timeline wise and and what the likely outcome might be (laughs) easy question Um, yeah um, I I teach the history of of revolution and it's very hard to kind of have a look at, at what's going on now without drawing similarities with, um, with, with, with uprisings that have taken place in the past. There, there are key elements that, 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 that have a fundamental role in revolution, uh, most significantly the role of the army. Um, at the moment, um, the army is today, I think, starting to show which side it's on. The fact that they um, that they are standing by while while heinous acts of violence are taking place in Tahrir Square, I think would suggest that they are on the side of the regime. Oh, uh, bear with us a second. We'll try and call them back. We seem to have lost the uh, connection there. And do, 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 do. Well, here we go. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh. while, hello, you're back. <laughs> I was filling <laughs> there for yeah. a second. Yeah. I don't Locked know what happened. There, Lost the signal. Reason. So I don't know where we got up to because I'm, I'm not actually looking at the at the phone screen. Sorry, Jim. Um, you were talking about the the sort of the history of revolution and where that might, if you were to draw parallels uh, between other parts of the world, where the, where it might lead. Right. Um, I think that one of the, one of the key things is is the significant role of the army. Right. Um, as as of yet, we've had a week's worth of action. Well, I would say up until this morning, we've had a week's worth of action, where the army would have appeared to have been, uh, while not necessarily on the side of the protesters, quite happy for the protests to continue. Yes. I think that the actions, or or indeed inaction, of the army this afternoon has started to reflect that perhaps they are not committed to the cause of the protest. Um, this morning they, they had a statement saying protesters go home, uh, your message has been heard, get out of Parade Square. Now there's two ways to interpret that. It's either, okay, go home, we've had enough, or it was a kind of a, a gentle nudge to say there's going to be problems this afternoon and, and we want you to go home for your safety. I think right. it's, it's unclear which of those it is well it would it was unclear until they just stood by and allowed these acts of violence to to kind of take place um so the role of the army is going to going to have a, a, a massive impact um lots of governments have, have been using the phrase managed transition um into you know a more democratic government and i think i'd like to think that that is actually what is going in what is being put in place at the moment um Broadly speaking, the, the the vice president and the prime minister are men of, of, of the old regime, but they are a different type of person of the old regime. They are much more worldly aware. Um, 
much more arguably savvy um, and, and with less business interests. <laughs> um, right. And so I do wonder whether a, a new government is being formed to allow Mubarak to take a back seat. That would have been my comment up until this afternoon, but I honestly, over the past four hours, past five hours, my everything that I thought was happening has been completely blown out of the water by the fact that there are people claiming to be pro-Mubarak standing on roofs and hurling uh, firebombs and concrete blocks onto people's heads. Yeah. I mean, it literally does just change. I mean, it's every, every sort of couple of hours, whether it's something on the TV that makes us change our thoughts on what's happening, or it's phone calls around um, our community of friends saying, um, you know, what's happening to each other in terms of what they're doing, their plans and their response, their feelings about their safety. You know, it's, really, it's this real sort of roller coaster of, un, you know, uncertainty, and then you feel you think, you, you know, where things might go the next couple of days, and then it just changes. It's, yeah. Well, this was the thing, you know, at, at, at 12 o'clock today, I was thinking, this is brilliant, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here, it's a lovely day. Um, with my friends, um, you know, things are feeling stable. And then within an hour, I was seeing, you know, the events of today. I don't know. Can you, hear the, can you hear the helicopter going over the top at the moment? You might not be able to. Oh, yeah, I can yeah, hear, I can hear it, something yeah. in the background there, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's been a few helicopter flybys. It's unclear which direction they're going in. Um, and, but we're at the back of the, the building that we're in. If, at, at the front is where you can um, you can hear any gunshots if there are any. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there good. There haven't been any yet. Been uh, stay away from the windows, by the way. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. stay away from windows. <laughs> but anyway, go on. We had a friend, and whenever she gets a phone call, she goes out on the balcony, and we had these gunshots. Like, Cal, get inside now. I was a little more forceful in my language than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So, yeah, um, but, but, I mean, which direction is it going to go now? I, I, I thought that I could take, you know, direction from, from, you know, history, and I thought that that's what history... You know, you're meant to learn about the present from the past. And, right, indeed. Uh, it, it seriously makes me question what the value is of what I do, um, <laughs> because um, it, it doesn't seem to be fitting with with anything that has gone before people are now starting to the, the political commentators on the tv are now starting to draw parallels with lebanon and what happened in lebanon in terms of civil war right. i don't see any of that shaping up at the moment um my mainly because of my very strong belief that uh the vast majority of the country would are, are kind of pro anti-government mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they are behind the protests that have gone on so far and I think it is a, a quarrelsome minority that, that are causing the trouble at the moment and almost certainly as I've said before and um, you know sticking my neck out I, I do think stirred up by um, by government involvement, involvement yeah. in, in some way shape or form Everything was far too coincidental today right. to have to have just been a, a spur of the moment event. Um, it took weeks for the opposition protests to organise themselves through social media. We had the internet back for one hour, and suddenly there were thousands of pro Mubarak people out on the street. That's far too much of a coincidence. You cannot organise it in an hour. No, indeed not. No. Um, given the size of the opposition, we'd already talked about this somewhat. It does. It, it, it would seem. I mean, as far as I'm, dog, be quiet. It would seem uh, that you know, given the size of the opposition versus the uh, the, the pro-government um, factions, that this regime is going to pass at one at one point or another. Uh, one wonders what the the uh, the opposition or the pro government. I'm rambling here a little bit. The pro government forces have in their mind. I mean, uh, stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> that that that. I mean, uh, when all this is said and done, their friends and neighbours are going to know that they were on the streets. Uh, you know, beating the uh, the the revolutionary faction up with sticks and worse. 
do they expect do the did the government expect really to be the same business as usual after let's say a September transition uh, you know even though Mubarak won't be in power the same things uh, the same fundamental sort of repression of the people to uh, continue with some small adaptations or or what that was not a very cogent question I'm sorry no, I, th I think that what we've got to remember is that Egypt has uh, existed under this this government, this party, since 1952, since the military coup against King Farouk, right. um, and and since since 1952, it has only had three presidents. Um, I honestly don't think that the ruling party, led by um, who, what is now being described by many people as an old man. Um, can he does have nicely black hair, though. Understand. Sorry? He does have nicely blacked hair, though, <laughs> still. <laughs> but to, to actually, I don't think that they quite understand the scale of what is going on, and I think that that is one of the key problems, that, that for 30 years the existing president has, has been able to weather these types of things and believe that it is business as usual. Right. Believes that, that, that the, the, the systems that he has, has had in place and the way that he has reacted to things in the past can, can just continue. Um, the fact that, that the government is, just did not know how to deal with you know, the electronic revolutionaries that were, ta that, that were coming out that this was being organized through Facebook and Twitter, and that their, only, that their only response was what every repressive regime does, which is just shut down the printing presses. Yeah. You know, Napoleon did it, Hitler did it, Stalin did it. Um, any single-party state that you can possibly ever think of closely guards the access to the free media and the access to publicity. Um, and so they just did the same thing. It's just that this time they shut down the internet because that is the 21st century printing press. Right. I think that they just think that the techniques are the same. It's just that the, the age has changed and the, the technology has moved on, but you still treat it in the same way. Um, this is why it's, it's a very volatile situation because they think that they can react in the same way and clearly they can't. Um, you know, the, the, the people out protesting against them there, there's there's been a lot of talk of you know they've broken the wall of fear and they have these people have stayed out on the street they have fought for what they believe in and right. they are not scared of the regime anymore it's taken you know it, this has been in place for 30 years people have been unhappy for 30 years and it's just happening now and um i mean i know as you said before about you know, everyone needs to read about this, needs to think about it, needs to talk about it. On the 25th of January, when they were having the first major protest, I actually did a screen grab the moment Egypt became the top story on BBC News. The moment it became the top story on the Guardian News website, I did a screen grab. I was so excited that the, these, the Western press was covering it and, and, and that people were actually realizing what was going on. And... Um, I honestly don't know what's going to happen, well, the next few hours, the next exactly. few days, let alone what will happen in September when they have these governmental elections. Will or indeed whether it will be September. Where, you know, will these numbers be out on the streets again? We've said that we're, we're staying here you know, for our jobs for another year, and, um, and you know, we, we plan to do that. We know when we go back to school, it's not going to be the same. And then there's also this little bit in the back of our mind of, if the school does ever open again, <laughs> right? It, yeah. We have every everybody has every intention of just of, don't of, know what of, will of going forward. Certainly, we do, and there are a number of our friends here who have the intention of going forward. You know, we you don't stay somewhere for two and a half years and continue to commit to being there unless you like the place and you like the people. Um, but, but the speed of change at the moment um, is really quite quite amazing and it, and it does um, it is very unnerving to see how quickly things are changing um, and that that I think is is, is the, the most amazing thing and, and changing sadly in both directions mm -hmm. but right. who would have thought that that on Tuesday the 25th of January there would have been within less than a week 
a vice president position created, which had never existed for 30 years right. since since uh, single ruler state law was and, and the emergency law was was introduced out here. Nobody could have predicted that. While at the same time, I don't think that anyone predicted the scale of the violence that is now being thrown against the protesters in Tahrir Square today. I don't think, I honestly don't think that anybody was expecting that. Mm -hmm. um, we were watching the BBC News report with Jeremy Bowen on the ground, and when Jeremy Bowen is, is flown out Big by the BBC, you know, you know that it's serious, but he honestly seemed absolutely overwhelmed by what was taking place, and he is a very experienced political reporter. Um, things are moving so fast and so extreme that you know we we're just sort of hanging on and 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 watching and adapting as best we can. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a, rather a surprise today to see that any of that was occurring, given that, as you had said earlier, that the, the sort of very peaceful nature of the, the thing. It just seemed like a, a giant groundswell of public opinion standing up and saying, no more of this. And, and now, you know, now it's turned into something much, much nastier. Absolutely. It's, it's, this is not what, what, what Egyptian people are. Mm -hmm. from from you know we have lived amongst some of the most wonderful people for two and a half years and what we are seeing what we have seen over the past week is what we know mm -hmm. what we're right. seeing now is something new and it is scary and ultimately this is what the ordinary people are up against they are up against a, 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 a machine that can be that organized that quickly. And that manipulative in terms of, you know, the impression that they get, they're, they're giving everyone, they're, that control that they have over all these different aspects. It's really um, quite, quite terrifying to, to see that kind of, uh, of, of government action take, taking place. I was talking to a friend earlier who was saying, you know, you can very, very clearly see the parallels with other dictatorships um, in terms of just the, the strength of the force and the size of the force that it was possible to, to throw against dissenters. Um, and, and it's that which is, is, is going to be the sticking point now, that the right. protesters themselves have, have broken what they believed was the first kind of element of fear. Have the government now said, okay, you've had your time, now it's us. It's it's time for this to stop. And if so, will the protesters stick it out? Um, and and that I think is it's going to take weeks, months to 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 resolve. Uh, and we're overrunning the slot slightly, but I had a, a question, and I've seen this uh, posted elsewhere um, online. As far as the, the rest of the region, do you think that the overthrow or potential overthrow of, of one uh, Arab leader is likely to have any knock-on effect on the, on the rest of the, uh, the surrounding nations? Well, I would I would say that, that what happened in Tunisia definitely had, and you know that was that gave Egyptians the idea that it is possible to do something. You know, right. they've talked about it for years. Oh, you know, we're, we think you know we're oppressed here. There's this, you know, we've got this ruler, but Tunisia definitely gave um, Egyptians the idea that they could do something. And I think on the 25th of January, Egyptians surprised themselves actually. Yeah, um, I think that they surprised every. I think yeah, you're right. They surprised themselves. I think that. You know the the, the concept of, of of will other Arab nation states follow? Clearly, Egypt, um, you know, was, was already uh, kind of fermenting in this direction anyway. I think Tunisia kind of gave them the confidence to go for it. Um, Jordan at the moment is is for obvious reasons being pushed down the the news reports because nothing at the moment is kicking off there because all eyes are on Egypt but but in Jordan I'm aware that King Abdullah yesterday dismissed mm -hmm. his entire cabinet and is appointing a new cabinet in order to try and and stop any potential dissent um, and this is in a country where um, where really the the, the government is is generally accepted in mm -hmm. Jordan certainly, certainly you know more in my understanding more than it it has in 
in Tunisia and Egypt. You know, we've seen problems in Algeria. Morocco is experiencing uprisings. Um, even out in Iran, they're coming out in favor of, of, of the Egyptian protests. I don't think it will take much to, to create a, a kind of domino effect to roll throughout the region. Um, what I would like to see is that the governments within those countries identify that that they treat their people in the same way and that they proactively deal with those issues and, and give people back their rights and make things more democratic before the people themselves have to go out and fight for it. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a brilliantly noble thing to go out and fight for it, but, but in this case, I think that it would be a hell of a lot better for governments just to say, okay, this is how we're going to fix it, without the need for the bloodshed, without the need for, for the violence. Yeah, one would like to think that national governments, if they cared anything for their countries and for the, the populace of their countries, would would see these things going on and think, oh yeah, wait a minute, there's some of the same stuff here, let's do something now before they uh, they cut our heads off and stick them on a spike. Yeah, it'd be nice <laughs> if they yeah. did. <laughs> but but having said, the Egyptian people would not be doing that to Mubarak. You know, they, they simply want him out. This right. is not a violent movement at all. And, and I, I know that you said it in jest, but I, I just want to kind of reiterate that from everything that we have seen, the, the protesters are, are, are against the government. We've never experienced the slightest hint of antagonism towards us mm -hmm. as, as, as Westerners. If anything, they apologize. And they're saying, we're really sorry that you caught up in this. If there's anything we can do, you know, look, we're out on the street. We're protecting you. This is between us and our government. This is not about you guys. Um, you know, you are part of our community. We're here to look after you. Um, they're such wonderful people, and I just so desperately hope that they get what, what, what they've been asking for and what they rightfully deserve. Absolutely. I mean, and, and that's, that's a, a, an astonishingly encouraging thing for us to hear uh, I, I speak for us here in the US and for people in the IRC and in the UK who are quite, quite worried about you, um, that, that people are watching out for you. Do you... Uh, it, it, go ahead. so appreciated. You know, when we got the internet back and, and kind of email and Facebook and messaging kind of lit up, it, it, it's so lovely to know that, that people are, are thinking of us and, and chimp, you know, we obviously with the internet back today, the, 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 the mood changed, changed a little bit, but it, it is still sporadic and we just so appreciate you facilitating us this opportunity to, to kind of speak and, and to say hi to people, to reassure them that we're all right, but also to give the view effectively from the ground. You know, the, this is not the, the experience that you'd be seeing reported on, on the news channels. You know, you probably know as much about it as we do, if not slightly more, because you've also had access to the internet for the past week, yeah, and we've right. only had access to three news channels. <laughs> um, but you know, it, 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 it's it's amazing to to live through a time, and uh, you know, the hope just, as I say, just continues that that the right thing happens in the end. Mm -hmm. Um, do you, in, in closing, because uh, I suppose we better wrap it up here, um, do you have any, uh, besides what you just said, do you have any shout-outs or anything you want to say to people in the UK or anywhere in the world for that matter? <laughs> just want to say, you know, a huge thank you to everyone who um, has asked about us, messaging on, you know, on site or messaging uh, family or keeping in touch on Facebook. Like, uh, it, it was, you know, it's really nice to know that um, everyone's thinking of us and with the communications back up, we're so glad to be able to tell people that we are okay and that, you know, what we're experiencing in the area that we live in is different from what's down the road, you know, in that you can see in Tahir Square and that we're, we're only staying here because we feel safe here. If we didn't, we, you know, we, you know, we would be out of here, but, you know, we feel safe, we feel happy here, so that's, that's why we're staying and, um, you know, I just hope the communications can stay up and, you know, that we can keep in touch with everyone and, um, you know, just let you know what's going on here for us and that you know what's going on here for the Egyptian people as well. Um, yeah. All right, then. Um, in, in closing, I'd just like to say uh, it's it's 
it's an honor and a privilege to know you guys, and I'm really, really happy that we were able to talk to you today. Uh, I, know, I know a lot of people uh, on the site and a lot of people, you know, in the IRC have uh, have enjoyed. They've been listening in, and um, oh, oh, well, <laughs> we lost. Uh, that's it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, Thanks to Eddie and Alice. Um, this has been uh, a, a chimp casting special. Um, much appreciated. Take care, Eddie and Alice. Yeah, I know yes, you can't hear me, but you might be able to hear it in the, uh, in the upload. This show will be uploaded to Sitting Ducks after. Um, di- feel free to distribute it. Give it to anybody you want to. And um, thanks very much. Yeah, uh, take care and stay safe. For You Can Have a Radio, this has been Chimp. I'm Jazzy. Miss Chimp. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> take care. We love you all. Good night.